नमस्कार वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ एडिटोरियल माई एडिटोरियल टूडे इज अबाउट थ्री स्पीचेस थ्री स्पीचेस दैट हैपन ऑन द सेरा स्पीच नंबर वन डॉक्टर मोहन भागवत स्पीच नंबर टू उद्धव ठाकरे स्पीच नंबर थ्री एकनाथ शिंदे थ्री स्पीचेस लेट्स अंडरस्टैंड वॉट दे वर ट्राइंग टू अचीव आउट ऑफ द स्पीचेस एंड वॉट दे स्पोक लेट्स गेट राइट टू द शो So, like I said, I speak about three speeches that happened yesterday. Let's first talk about Dr. Mohan Bhagwat, the Sarasanga Chalak of RSS, the head of RSS. What he spoke. Okay, let's talk about five important things that he spoke. The first thing that he spoke was about Hindu Rashtra. now what he said in his speech is that rss stands for hindu rashtra and organizes hindu society to protect dharma sanskriti and samaj without opposing anybody that also he made it very clear he said that it's because of sang's activities that the concept of hindu rashtra is is being taken seriously in india he said scaremongering is done among so called minorities that there is a danger to them because of us or organized hindus this is not happened in the past nor will it happen in the future this is neither the nature of sang nor of the hindu history bears this out so this is what bhagwat said bhagwat said that listen you know what uh, organized just because we are organizing hindus the minorities are getting scared and they need not get scared because hindus are not about you know causing any harm to the minorities now i have a question to this the question that i ask is what exactly is hindu rashtra what exactly would hindu rashtra mean one of the reasons why minorities are getting scared and minorities are not really comfortable and a lot of people are asking is one doesn't know what hindu rashtra means You see, I'll tell you what point I'm trying to make here. The point I'm trying to make here is when you are a capitalist country, you know that is an economic situation, and you know what a capitalist country will do. They will give more liberty for entrepreneurs and businessmen to to make more money for the society to earn more money. Their focus will be to earn more money for the society and for individuals. Capitalist society. When you say communist society, that also is an economic situation where you know that what is that situation going to be and what will the country be doing. When you say socialist society, you know what that socialist society is. When you know, when you call it an Islamic state, you know what an Islamic state is, what an Islamic country is, and what they stand for. They will say that you have to, you have to uh, 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 go by the Sharia. You have to follow Islamic rule. Other religion cannot come and practice uh, their religion here freely. That is what they are going to tell you. That is Islamic state. When somebody says I am a Christian state, that too is saying that listen, we are a Catholic state, and therefore X Y Z rules are followed. Pray tell me what does. Hindu Rashtra mean that is what I think Rashtra Swayam Sevak Sang and others who preach and and want Hindu Rashtra has to put forward to. What does Hindu Rashtra entail? Does Hindu Rashtra say that we are going to follow the Vedic policies and Vedic rules? 
Does Hindu Rashtra say that this will be the way we will be living? Does Hindu Rashtra say that this will be the clothes that we will be wearing? Does Hindu Rashtra say that this will be how men will operate, women will operate? Will Hindu Rashtra say that therefore other communities cannot openly profess their religion in the, in the, in the country? Does Hindu Rashtra say that, you know, therefore the, the Prime Minister or the Chief Minister or the President will only be Hindu? Will that be the case? It may not. I may, this may be, this may not be correct what I say. But one doesn't know. Hindu Rashtra, like an Islamic Rashtra or like a communist should have a manifesto and say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 things will happen if India becomes Hindu Rashtra, which is not very clear. At least not clear to me if anybody in, of the viewers, if one of you all are clear, please write down and say what Hindu Rashtra entails. So the fact remains that you saying a lot of people are scaremongering, a lot of people are unaware of what Hindu Rashtra is, a lot of people get scared when we say Hindu Rashtra and you know Hindu is the way of life, all this sounds right. But when you say Hindu Rashtra, it just can't be enough. tomorrow morning we will say it is Hindu Rashtra. So everything okay, everything fine, everything goes back to normal, everything is uh, goes back to square one. Does it happen that way? No, obviously. Something is going to change. The constitution could change. Is it going to change? Is Indian Penal Code going to change? So what exactly are the changes of Hindu Rashtra? That is something that I will be looking forward to hear from people who preach Hindu Rashtra, especially RSS. Because they, like themselves says, they are the people who propagate Hindu Rashtra the most. So let us know what Hindu Rashtra is. So that's the point number one. Now, point number two is he spoke about Muslim population. He said... That uh, thinking about population, how many people can our country feed after 50 years? That is the first thing he spoke about. Secondly, he said when population stop increasing, society disappears, languages disappear, he said. He also said that there is a balance that is needed in population. He says birth rate is only one part of this imbalance, but conversion by force and Allurement is the biggest factor. Infiltration from across the border is also responsible. What he is talking about is, I presume, is the imbalance between the Hindu uh, Muslim growth rate. He says, you see, you know, the, the fact is, imbalance is happening because of, not just because of birth rate, it is also happening because of conversions, forced conversions. Allurement, allurement, I presume, would be things like love jihad and the border infiltration which is people coming from Pakistan or Bangladesh or especially Bangladesh coming to India. So he is talking about these three factors, which is over and above the, the birth rate. Chalo, let us talk about this. First and foremost is uh, from 2014, it has been the Hindu government. It has been a Bharatiya Janata Party government. So this forced conversion, allurement, should it be growing or should it be coming down? If it is growing, then what Hindu Rashtra are you talking about? You can't even make people stop converting Hindus forcibly to Muslims. Fir konsa Hindu Rashtra? Fir what Hindu government? So that is a problem, isn't it? Second problem is also the same. You have a Hindu government in the center, isn't it? BJP, Bharatiya Janata Party, the Hindu government. Now the Hindutva government in the center, with Hindutva government in the center, should the infiltration be less or should the infiltration be more? If the infiltration is more, then what Hindu government are you? Why couldn't you stop Bangladeshis from coming in? And if the, inf if the infiltration is less, then good. Then why are you worried? Isn't it? It's a simple logic, right? Now my point number three is, let's talk about um, the growth rate. 
of Muslims. This thing, I had done a complete uh, separate uh, editorial on this. Uh, if you get the time, do watch that editorial. I want to talk about this growth rate as a separate topic. You see, you know, in 1961, 1951 to 1961, the overall growth rate in India was 21.6%. Hindu growth rate was 20.7%. Muslim growth rate was 32.7%. Okay. When it came to 1981-91, Hindu growth rate was 22%, Muslim growth rate was 32.9%. When it came to 2001-2011, Hindu growth rate is 16.7%, Muslim growth rate is 24.7%. Technically speaking, from 32.7%, the growth rate of Muslim has come down to 24.7%. It has not grown up. And the Hindu growth rate has come down from 20%, 20.7% to 16.7%. So they also have come down. The growth rate, Hindu growth rate has also come down. And the overall growth rate has also come down from 21% to 17%. But technically speaking, the difference, the imbalance is actually coming down other than going up. So the question of imbalance imploding and all, how does it arise? So there I have uh, 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 I, I have to beg to differ with uh, Dr. Bhagwat. This imbalance does, technically, I don't think does exist. So that's my point number two. My point number, and, and, and secondly, which I've always been saying, why Muslims were here before Mughals. Muslims were here during Mughals. And the last time I checked, we still, Hindus are the, the largest population in India. Hindus are dominating population in India. So what couldn't happen for last 1400 years, how is it going to happen now? What has changed so drastically that everything, all the apple card will change and everything will go topsy-turvy. How is it all going to happen now? I couldn't understand this logic. So that's my point number two. I will quickly go to point number three, which is women empowerment. He says women empowerment, he says... Uh, so the work of the nation building is done by different sets of organizational units for men and women. But in all social work taken up by the Sangh, men and women work together. I still wonder why RSS doesn't take women. RSS has a different women for uh, uh, different unit for women, different unit for men. Why doesn't it have a common unit? Why doesn't it have a unisex uh, organization? What is that RSS does that only male can do? And what is that RSS woman wing does that only women can do? First of all, I think if you are talking about bringing up a balance in men and women and the working together it should be done in your own organization charity begins at home isn't it so i think uh, well while this concept is absolutely correct but i think it should start with rss uh, in the first place the last point i will make is what mr bhagwat said is he said that you know it's a myth that knowing english is required for a good career if we see all the top people in the country, almost 80% of them studied in their own mother tongue till matriculation. You know, I agree to him. I agree to him. I agree to this point. Studying in one's own mother tongue is a very good thing because you tend to understand it faster. You tend to understand what you are studying. So that's a very good thing. But the part two of knowing English is not important, I don't agree to that. And I will tell you why. You know, few of the topmost Corporate sector in this world is headed by Indians. Top corporate sectors. 25, 30th of we can name right here. Google as an example. 
top corporates are headed by Indians. Why do why do they choose Indians as CEOs? What is so special about Indians? Why not Chinese? Why not Germans? Why not French? Why Indians? One of the reasons why top corporates, huge conglomerates choose Indians is because over and about the fact that they are brilliant, they are good, they are fabulously educated, they can speak English and that gives them an edge. I am not saying therefore Chinese don't go and, and, and take access to foreign companies. I don't go and say that. I go and I, but I also say that when Chinese takes, uh, uh, gets job into or gets into a foreign company or gets into a huge conglomerate, they learn English. They have to learn English, take effort to learn English and then go there. Whereas most of our IITNs and IIMs and, and, and most of our, our, our top, uh, League, uh, Ivy League guys, they already know English. So the chances of them getting into a, a job anywhere in the world becomes easier and growing in that job becomes easier. And that is why, you know, we have and we boast of it and proudly so. I too, we boast of the fact that, you know, bulk of the top cor corporates, Indians sit as CEOs. So, while I completely understand that, you know, mother tongue is very important and we should learn our mother tongue very correct. But English is not important and all that point. I do not agree. So this is broadly what Mr. Mohan, Dr. Mohan Bhagavad had to say. Now, the last concluding factor here is, you see, Dr. Mohan Bhagavad places proposals, places their proposition normally in his speeches. To my mind, to my mind, this time the proposition he placed in front of the people of India is that of Hindu Rashtra. Are we to believe that one can expect that India is going to go ahead with the concept of Hindu Rashtra after 2024 if BJP comes into power? This is the concept that one wonders. Is that what is going to happen? That's the point that I will conclude this uh, this this highlights of uh, Dr. Mohan Bhagwat's speech and let's get into the next part of the editorial. So the next part of my editorial, sorry, this editorial is going to take a little more time than my usual editorial because I have a lot to talk to you today. Okay, now yesterday we saw two gentlemen trying to Consolidate one gentleman and build another. Consolidate their identity. Secondly, build an identity. Uddhav Thakare was trying to consolidate his identity. And say that, listen, I am the real Shiva Sena. And Ekna Shinde was trying to build his identity. Saying that, you know what? Not them. I am the real Shiva Sena. Okay. Now, uh, let me tell you behind the scenes. What they said and all. I don't think... Both of them said anything much that would matter much to the nation per se. But I will tell you some, some very interesting highlights that I got to know from my uh, uh, reporters, my colleagues who are on the, on, the, on the streets, on the field, right from 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, identifying people who are coming in from all over Maharashtra, talking to them, understanding with them, having lunch with them even. And you know, figuring out what exactly happened. So I'm going to give you some of those feedback which will which will be interesting. Let's talk about Uddhav Thakre. 
People came to Uddhav Thakre expecting that Uddhav Thakre is going to speak about Shiv Sena, about loyalty, about his father and about his government. People came with that thought. People were very clear of what he is going to say. So it was no surprises. They didn't come to say, it, it was not like that. People knew what they were coming to. A lot of people who came to Shivaji Park to see Uddhav Thakre came with a firm resolve that we are going to stand by Uddhav Thakre because we want to be seen as loyalist of Shiva Sena. So there was a mission behind people coming to watch Uddhav Thakre. Another very interesting factor with Uddhav Thakre is there was a lot of women who came to watch Uddhav Thakre. So there was a huge presence of women. Men versus women, there was a huge uh, 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 presence of women in Uddhav Thakre, that presence of women did not exist with Ekna Shinde's uh, rally. Uddhav Thakre, uh, as expected, a lot of people before Uddhav Thakre spoke about, you know, how uh, people were disloyal, how they stabbed Shiv Sena in the back and how, you know, uh, calling names and all which normally happens in, in, in Shiv Sena. Uh, Shivaji Park rally, Dasera Mela, this happens and it happened last time, this time also. Uddhav Thakre restricted himself uh, to calling names, though he did, it's not that he didn't, but he restricted that and he spoke more about, uh, you know, how he, he was unwell and how, uh, you know, he, how uh, he, his government tried to do his best. But I should say, I was a little disappointed in what he said. While he spoke about uh, inflation, he spoke about uh, price rise and he spoke about uh, the dollar value going up against the, the money value. Though he spoke about the rupee value coming down and all of that he did. I am not disputing that. But the fact is I expected much more. I expected him to talk more about what he delivered. What he delivered during COVID, what he delivered during two and a half years and what Possibly the BJP government in the center and the Shinde government in the state is not delivering. I was hoping that he will talk about the Foxconn. Foxconn investment going to uh, Gujarat. I thought he will speak more about that. But surprisingly, not, not much was spoken about it. So his speech was, was more so, more so trying to Consolidate. Why? That is why I said that is what he was there for. His speech was more so trying to consolidate the people who were with him there and trying to say how happy he was that, you know, the people who are there are there with him and how pride he was to have those people with him. And the fact that he wanted to consolidate saying that whoever are not with him there are people who ditched Shiv Sena, who are Gaddars as he called them and who went for the other uh, uh, speech of other uh, Mela, which is Melawa, which is uh, in B BKC. So this was more so what Shiv Sena's uh, sum and substance was in that speech. Now let us get to Ekna Shinde before we try and make sense of all this. Ekna Shinde was not consolidating but trying to establish himself. He was being very, very defensive. He started when Uddhav Thakre ended. He started when Uddhav Thakre ended. Uddhav Thakre came and fell at people. He, he literally bowed down to people. So did Ekna Shinde. I am told that Ekna Shinde had a list in his hand about what Uddhav Thakre said and he answered those. Some of the answers that he gave were good. People were convinced. And 
he had a one hour 40 minute speech so the speech was i think slightly longish but theek hai he it 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 he answered what uddhav thakre said but most of the answers was most of his speech was not about what he is going to do as a chief minister most of his speech was not about what happens to the farmers of this the state most of his speech was not about how he is going to get the youth out to get out how is he going to get youth jobs it's not about how maharashtra is going to develop or it's not about even how he lost foxconn to to gujarat it was not about that it was more about how he was not a gaddar why did he leave uddhav thakre what was how was how was he and his his group victimized this is what he was talking about so he was defending himself more this was the two different speeches one trying to consolidate and one trying to defend himself and establish himself both were claiming to be the original shiv sainiks okay now like i told you let me give you some insights on what we understood from ground uddhav thakre had lesser number of people than eknath shinde clearly but the people uddhav thakre had believed in him completely believed in the concept of shiv sena completely believed in bala saheb thakre and completely 100% were his believers they were his followers so they were there to support him eknath shinde had more people Eknath Shinde's audience were divided in three. The first set of audience were twenty-five to thirty percent of people. Those large audience, twenty-five to thirty percent of people, were there to listen to Eknath Shinde. They wanted to hear Eknath Shinde, and they were supporting Eknath Shinde. So they wanted to listen to Eknath Shinde. Twenty-five to thirty percent of people. So they came there for him. Another thirty percent of people who were there listening to Eknath Shinde were people. who are not necessarily eknath shinde fans but they were bjp fans they were cut up with sena because sena ditched bjp and went with mahavikas agadi those 30% people belong to that category so they were not really for eknath shinde or uh, uh, against eknath shinde they were against uddhav thakre because uddhav thakre ditched bjp they were the hindutva voters who said that i am here because Uddhav Thakre ditched Hindutva and Eknath Shinde is with Hindutva. And the third forty percent of audience who were there for Eknath Shinde was there to just listen to what he is saying, possibly not knowing what he is going to say, or possibly not very, uh, not very pro or against him, but fencesitters, fencesitters, people who today are with him, but tomorrow one doesn't know. so i think the work cut out for both mr uddhav thakre and mr eknath shinde is very clear uddhav thakre has to consolidate the people who are already with him who are i think are more or less consolidated but then win over especially those 40% of people who are attending eknath shinde's rally yesterday and bring it to his side and eknath shinde has to consolidate the people who had come to hear him out consolidate and lead them i think that would be the job cut for these two leaders that would be what these these two leaders are going to do from here on whatever they are called if they are called shiv sena whichever party is called shiv sena whichever called party is called something else whichever party gets whatever symbol but that should be what these two leaders should be doing from here on so broadly this was what uh, a short analysis is of what happened in these 
three speeches yesterday that is dasera day till i see you next time that is day after tomorrow saturday at 10 pm namaskar to know about the latest updates on our new news app go on your android or ios search for hw news network download our app choose the language you prefer to get updates in and be up to date with the latest news